Hello and welcome to the podcast The Fitness Puzzle by me David Heron. I'm so happy for you to be here so you can listen, learn and grow. The goal with this podcast is to provide you with a deeper understanding on how the whole fitness puzzle works and share my and my guest thoughts, knowledge and experience with fitness. Today I have a special guest, a close friend of mine that has a big background in both binge eating, anorexia, bulimia and every eating disorder thing that you can imagine. No, we shouldn't laugh about it, but she's really funny here. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are going to introduce Martina. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm really fine. So glad for you to be here. So let us know who are you beside this big topic we want to talk about. Who am I besides my uh, eating eating disorders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I... We're making a fun of this, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I know you're. We are close friends, so we can have fun with this. It's a serious matter, but we also need to laugh about it. Um, So, yeah, my name is Martina. I've always hated my name in English. It's it's really not flattering at all. Uh, But that's my name. (laughs) I'm born and raised in Stockholm. I'm 30 years old. I work in digital marketing. And I pretty much, what do I do in my free time? I will work out a lot. That's so cliche. People are going to judge me, but that's fine. (laughs) How can you? (laughs) You have eating disorders. (laughs) I know. Trust me, I know. Um, Yeah. And my boyfriend is your childhood friend. And that's how we know each other. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I'm really happy that we could like, meet up and uh, I know that you have a lot of experience and a big background about this topic that I think that many people actually suffers uh, suffers from so uh, let us know your history in short <laughs> I'll try to keep I really like talking about myself so um, I'm gonna keep it as short as I can um, yeah so I have quite a big history with eating disorders I've had a few of them. I started out with anorexia that grew into bulimia and then uh, binge eating. But I think that I was introduced to um, an unhealthy relationship with food uh, quite young. So uh, I started to become conscious about my body when I was really young. And um, yeah, so it started from when I was about six years old when I started school. And my friends, they were pretty much very much smaller than me um, both lengthwise and also body wise so a lot of them were skinnier than me and even though I was never a really big kid in an unhealthy sense I was just bigger than them and often compared to them both by adults and of course by other kids yeah and um, you know when people start comparing you to other people and start telling you things that you've never thought about before and you hear it a lot it kind of sticks with you yeah so i think that's when when it all started in school when other people just were commenting on my body which is weird why would you comment on a kid's body exactly especially if it's like adults yeah. So that's that's quite interesting. Starting starting re- quite young for you. When did you like? Yeah, grew into being a phys- more from a mental unhealthy state to a physical unhealthy state. So let us know more about your journey. Uh, yeah. So 
I was also very close to like the diet culture because my parents were constantly dieting. So it was really, I mean, I always, um, it was my normal at home. My, my parents, they were both super skinny and then, you know, age, stopped smoking, started dieting. It was really close to me all the time. So mentally, as you said, it was, uh, it, it, it was present a lot of the time and through many of my younger years but I think that I actually started developing a, a, a physical eating disorder when I started high school because I started a high school um, starting to get aware of things more maybe in like a maybe like you developed <laughs> it grew from like you were six to how old was you were you in high school uh 15 16 yeah exactly that's when you maybe start to uh yeah compare even more <laughs> i don't know exactly i'm not an expert on this but i just imagine myself when i was 15 16 the identity maybe starts to uh yeah get rolling uh, so to speak how, what what happened then when you was at that stage of life yeah so as you said like when you're a teenager and your your ho- hormones are everywhere and everything is difficult already yeah. then being aware of how other people look like and perhaps that you don't look like them or that you just aren't some form of ideal or a norm uh, it just creeps up on you and i went to a high school that was quite fashion forward and also um quite superficial in a sense and I was nothing of that. I wasn't, I was very much not fashion forward. And I, I mean, everyone's superficial, but perhaps not in that way. I remember fellow classmates showing up in stilettos, you know, yeah, yeah. to a. Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of pressure when you're a teenager. It's a lot of like identity things and who is what and status and stuff like that. I totally agree with that. How was it from home? Because I I just guess that from ho- from a school perspective, friends perspe- perspective, it will always be this uh, like identity who is the best, who is not bullying and stuff like that. Uh, because we have been talking a lot of before also, and you mentioned stuff from home and s- and s- like small things that grew in you. Like you told me a story about a trip, and then when you came home, uh, some behaviors. Could you please, like, make that clear for yeah, everybody? Yeah, sure. So my first year in high school was pretty tough. I didn't feel I fit in at all. I changed from an English school to a Swedish school. I mean, that was like a really big um, change, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I. That's I, why your English is good. English is good. English. Uh, my English is good for speaking cra- t- talking shit with my friends. When I actually need to use it, it's it's worthless. But that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> w- so I I had a really tough year, and my self esteem really took a hit, and I was not feeling good about myself oh. at all. I also developed anxiety at a really young age, and I'm I'm just one of those people whose brains are wired that way. Anxiety just comes easily to me. So after that first year, I think I was very perceptive to anything that I could latch onto that would somehow just make my anxiety easier or yeah. just somehow numb it down. And of course, I didn't know 
at the time that this was what I was doing. But I, um, my dad is Greek, and every summer, it's all Greek kids. Yeah. We were in Greece. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> forever. And uh, we were going to travel back home, Stockholm. And we were going to weigh our luggage. Yeah. And of course, my parents started weighing themselves. With uh, the luggage? No, no. <laughs> 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 no, just themselves yeah. because the scale was out. And okay. they were they just wanted to uh, do uh, damage <laughs> control, as they said. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking around. I was, I was, in my head, it was like going like, did they weigh themselves on the in the airport no. with the <laughs> yeah they got up on the rolling yeah. band and they were like sorry sir i just need to weigh myself yeah. I, I really that, need that's to do that's this. bad uh, okay but <laughs> yeah I, I totally get your point this this damage thing that's quite interesting what happened with you you looking at your parents trying to figure out how much damage they made from their vacation in greece yeah uh, so how did you th- take this? Because you were still quite young and you started to like think like, okay, is this a damage? <laughs> this is how exactly. I this is how I just uh, understand you. And you started to identifying like higher weights with damage you have to solve it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And because it has always been like that in my family, being overweight um is a bad thing um having a few extra kilos is just not you're not worthy or um well they have never said that but that's the way i kind of the connotation that i took of it so they were weighing themselves as as the scale was out to um see what uh, to do damage control within quotation marks yeah and um i remember that i was i also wanted to because everyone else was weighing themselves so i was like why not and i weighed myself and my brother said and i'm sure he meant nothing bad by it it was just there was no worth put into it but he tells me oh you weigh that much yeah. and it totally just hit me yeah. i was I I didn't know what to say. Was it much? Was it little? I don't know. I I was 17, 16. Um I didn't weigh myself. I didn't know how much I should or shouldn't weigh. I just I was just me. Yeah, the knowledge isn't there to understand the like like <laughs> the number on the scale has nothing to do with good or bad in general. Um in my opinion when I'm coaching my clients it's just a tool um not nothing to like put a worth on you (laughs) so to speak so yeah if that's like planted like a seed from early age and then grew on you then you became 17 and then they everyone around you (laughs) are trying to like solve the the quote-unquote damage uh, control and uh, also comments that's really interesting um because yeah as you said he didn't quite he didn't mean anything bad by it but you identifying yourself with a higher number like a bad thing like something you need to solve yeah exactly did you solve it i did unfortunately yeah um i did and i solved it way too bad good um i came back to sweden and i made like a conscious choice to eat better 
and whatever better is for a 17 year old i can tell you better is not a good thing then because uh, better for me was cutting out carbs and not eating fruit and just eating less and moving more and i mean moving more wasn't bad for me because i didn't i i went i did horseback riding but that was it i i didn't really work out so much so that was actually the first time i entered a gym and started looking at machines and i was absolutely terrified because i had no idea what to do there uh, as many people are but yeah i uh, and also i i think that my my family as they were doing damage control kind of um, changed the food that we were eating uh, in a case for them to try to eat healthier so i think everything just imitated them yeah Yeah. and did they like cut cut off cut out the carbs and stuff like that too no no (laughs) they no they they did the the usual i'm just gonna eat one meal a day Uh, or (laughs) even worse (laughs) yes Uh, yeah it's nothing like yeah if you know what what you're doing with an intermittent fasting approach uh, of course but i just assume they just starved themselves yes <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. assuming right yeah they had no idea what they were doing yeah it wasn't any calculation with the intermittent fasting oh God, approach no. No. <laughs> i'm tr- just trying to understand you from your eyes like first you have a damage control perspective uh higher weight is a bad thing solve it all of these things growing 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 and then eating one meal yeah. is going to solve this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. How did you lose weight the first time? Did you just eat once per day or did you... No. I I started cutting out food groups. Ex- yeah, exactly. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. And then I was, uh, I was traveling again with my friends. Um, we were out on what is in Swedish is called a language trip. Yeah. With uh with our school. So I went to Greek school and uh through our Greek school we went to Greece on <laughs> yeah. to learn Greek, but no, it was a pure ten day party trip. Exactly. Where um <laughs> sorry mom and dad, I smoked so much I got gastritis for the first time in my life. Yeah. And <laughs> I couldn't eat and um and I, I really like fucked my stomach up. Which I know you know if you if you go from not smoking like anything to two packs a day it's really going to take a toll on you. But anyway, I couldn't eat anything. I was nauseous all the time. I felt full all the time. It was horrible, but obviously in my mind it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I had found the ultimate diet not eating and not being hungry so that worked that worked like yeah. no shit <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> eating anything uh. and um for 10 days i i had this i came home i went straight to the scale because i had learned that you do damage control through the scale and i had yeah. lost four kilograms and obviously now i understand that most of that is probably water and other things yeah. but then it really just oh god it was it was it was such a rush and yeah. that's how it started that rush i can i can remember it still today. You got like addicted to it oh yeah really much and yeah. i also put two and two together so i understood that if you don't eat and you move around a lot 
sans smoking, um, you lose weight. So that's what I did. Uh, instead of just cutting food groups, I started cutting yeah, meals. Yeah, why should you? Exactly. Yeah. I started cutting meals. Uh, but as I got healthier with my stomach, obviously my appetite came back. So I was, yeah. I was struggling a lot. Of course, your body's going to want that energy back yeah. in some way. Um, so I'm just curious, when you cut out the f- some food groups like carbs, fruits and stuff like that, did you lose any weight when you did that? Yeah, I did. Because um, I ate less. Of course. It wasn't the, the food group per se. I just ate less. And obviously I was in a calorie deficit. So Of course. Um, did, did you not get addicted to that before the stomach issue? I I think I tried it all at the same time, but I kind of understood that cutting out food groups was g- gave the the fastest result. Yeah. So I tried to stick to that, but obviously it's it's super hard not eating. Yeah. Um. So if I had to eat, I would preferably eat protein and salad. And no carbs. Exactly. And um, how did this evolve to binge eating? Like it's quite obvious. Some you can like stand strong <laughs> for a while, but like sooner or later you're you're probably going to fall for it. Yeah. Uh, so how did that? W- when did you like? Was it like the first time you started to binge eat, or was it? Did you binge eat before? Um, no, so when I started cutting out meals and started uh, cutting out food groups, this is when I developed anorexia, and yeah. I I actually didn't. I, I think like the clinical diagnosis of anorexia is you don't you you have this unhealthy behavior for over three months or something like that. I I don't really m- remember it anymore, but I I was uh, in this phase of my eating disorder for not so long. I as I as I told myself I I didn't cut it. I wasn't strong enough to be anorexic. But I I was there for like 9 or 10 months. And then I was so hungry obviously that I had um I I'd had binges before. I remember I graduated high school and I was so hungry and I didn't drink any alcohol because of the calories. I was super sober. Nothing wrong with that. I don't drink today, but I think the reason I was sober was not a good reason. I mean, I'm not in any way promoting alcohol, but I mean, for the the wrong reason. Exactly. I mean, just for the calories. I mean, you can take like a sip of wine or whatever, but I just I didn't drink anything. I was super hungry. I only thought of food. I was terrified of food, and that's that's the the most most of the things I remember from my graduation. Um, standing on the trucks that we have here, and when you yeah. uh, partying uh, with party. beers and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. I just remember thinking of that I was hungry, and that my parents were gonna pick me up later because we were gonna have my graduation dinner, and I was terrified of what I was going to have to eat, and could I control it? Would I binge? So I had started binging a little bit, um, yeah. but I after a while I um, um, I developed bulimia uh, because that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, 
Bulimia, ja. I developed bulimia um, because I started throwing up. So the binging gave me so much anxiety and so much discomfort in my body that I just wanted it out. And it when you kind of discover that, it's, oh my God, it's a gateway to hell. It's horrible. Yeah. I, I just I just think like before you said that gateway to hell, I'm like, you are already in a big, big, bad, evil circle. And then this happened. Uh, and yeah, the gateway to hell. Uh, I just I can't imagine how bad that circle must have been when you started to notice. Wow, I can, yeah, just throw out. Oh my God, it's like it's like you you think you've won the lottery. It's it, you, because you can't you think that you can eat everything you want and you can just purge or and throw yeah. it up, and it's not there. But but it takes such a toll on your body. And that, that's so funny because. I'm into fitness and fat loss and a lot of calorie deficit talk and building muscles and stuff like that. And I totally agree. I, <laughs> me myself, haven't had any of these certain types of problems, but it would be really nice to be able to eat what the, what the fuck you want <laughs> and <laughs> just yeah throw yeah. it out and just continue it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> that's heaven. Like in my Yeah, but but yeah, it, obviously it doesn't work that way. But what happened in your? It, it, I, I'm just thinking about because you got addicted to the last bad behavior from not eating and mm, seeing weight loss, and then you see this new addiction uh, from throwing up. It just adds on um, over time, and yeah. and yeah, that's fucked up. It really is. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. It, because as you said, you're you're already in this shit position. Exactly. And get and the way to get out of this sit- shit p- position is obviously by eating and by trying to solve your issues. But I thought that I had solved my issues by binging and throwing up, or just eating and throwing yeah, up. Yeah, you can find that balance in your head. But exactly. it's like, but you're you're in a dark place, but you don't realize it, but. I, I I understand you. It's like you trying to actually solve it in different ways because the first way did work. Yeah. But obviously didn't work because yeah. you need to eat. Yeah. And then you're trying to solve it in another way, which obviously works in a calorie manner maybe, but have its side effects, yeah. which in reality doesn't don't work. It's not sustainable. So. So yeah, now. <laughs> Now you're on the shit, in deep yeah. shit. Like, from here, what happens? Um, I, I obviously, I'm. St- it's not like I eat normally and throw up. I'm still in the mindset that I don't need to eat at all, or I, I, I try not to eat at all because the thing is, when you go from anorexia to bulimia, is that you gain weight exactly. because you start eating, and people around me by the way had been applauding my weight loss all of this time and you know telling telling someone with anorexia that they look good for losing weight it's like handing a tequila shot to an alcoholic yeah it just it just egging it's, it's just egging yeah, you so on that addiction just get even just got a boost addiction thing yeah you get this confirmation that you're doing a good work 
exactly with what you're doing and also it kind of even more um uh equalizes your your self-worth with your weight because they're applauding your weight loss or they were applauding my weight loss and people were telling me that i looked healthier but had never been so unhealthy in my life i was much happier when i was um 10 10 kilograms heavier i mean i lost i lost almost femtom (laughs) i almost (laughs) lost 15 kilograms in half a year that is so much and and people were they were not only applauding my weight loss but they were applauding me oh you're so good you're so disciplined and you go to work uh, you go work out all the time and you don't eat buns and i don't know and all of this unhealthy weird behavior that should have been warning signs to everybody exactly where they were just commended did they know it did they know what's going on or did anyone um, like um suspect anything or did they just see you being like no i'm not i'm not trying to like put any worth on any shape or form but like i'm just relating to myself when i was like uh, yeah overweight and then started to compete in fitness and stuff like that and having re- really low body fat percentage people were also complimenting me mm. the only one didn't was like my mom like even food he's starving look at his mm. face <laughs> it's like yeah. i was like mom no i can't eat now i have to <laughs> i have have to compete but uh, i have important shit to do mom uh, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but 99% is like wow great work wow low abs oh sick shape uh, fitness blah 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 but like i'm the weakest i've ever been the most <laughs> unhealthy stage my hormones was down to health my uh sorry but my sex life was mm. like there was no mm. <laughs> there was like give me the most attractive girl in the world it wouldn't work uh, it's like fido come on it's like <laughs> it, it it's like it, it's dead everything is basically dead yeah. uh, and uh, y- yeah binge eating and stuff like that too and but but yeah this compliment things <laughs> this it's really really dangerous uh to boost I, I understand people want your best maybe but didn't anyone see any warning like for me it was my mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> for you did you have anyone like suspecting anything seeing any warning signals that it's undergoing unhealthy behavior from yeah. this uh yeah well not in the beginning no in the beginning i think people were just impressed and relieved i think um from sure. what sure i, I had relief I from what like? b- because i was uh, losing weight i might have I, I might have had five kilograms more than i perhaps needed to yeah i was never overweight i was just no, not no, no ideal harm, yeah. yeah um so i think that people were just impressed and Oh, look at her. She's uh, she's losing weight. Good for her. But after a while, my friends started noticing that my eating behavior was weird. And that yeah, you can't hide that forever. You can't. And the thing is, many people think that people suffering from eating disorders just want attention. Yeah. But the thing is, you that that's the last thing you want. You don't want anyone to notice because you don't want anyone to exactly. start making you eat what you don't want to eat. I mean, the the fear of putting something in my body that would make me gain weight i can't even explain it i mean it would paralyze me i need me. to escape from that 
Exactly. So when my friends started noticing, I, I kind of saw that when I told them that, yeah, I have an eating disorder, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I do, and I can't really do anything about it, they would back off because they would think that I was conscious about it. Oh, she knows. Yeah. But I had one friend calling me out and she was like, you have to stop saying this because you saying that you have an eating disorder and that you know about it does not make you healthy. It does not make you work to get over it. It does not mean that you're in treatment. It just means that you're sh- pushing us away. And I was so angry at her. I was like, what the fuck does she mean? I I yeah. mean, it, because it works with everyone confessed. else. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And that's obviously your good friend. <laughs> obviously. Uh, yeah. And w- another thing that um is quite common with people with eating disorders is that they're super super good at manipulating yeah. other people. Of course, yeah. Um, I've had those clients uh, and yeah. Th- th- they're so good at and they're actually quite knowledgeable too. Yeah. They like know what they're talking about, have full control of everything and know exactly everything. And I'm just like as soon as I f- feel anything of that i'm like okay this is not uh, i'm not up for this uh, for this work if this person knows so much why would they want my help yeah um yeah obviously you need other kind of help because that's what you do you read so much i read about everything i read about metabolism i read about when to eat what not to eat when to eat it uh when uh when to work out when to go your on your power walks how to make fat loss uh, easier and simpler and obviously a lot of those things were myths or are myths they're debunked now but then they were facts and but (laughs) but the question is if they actually are Uh, because I do this for a living, yeah. and like, and many things are like myth busted yeah. and stuff like that. But I'm quite confident that it's more confusion now with more information, more methods, more diets, more ways to do things. Because it is complicated. Uh, yeah. It's it's easier than it's <laughs> people making it harder than it is. Yeah. But it's also in practical life pra- practical life harder than many people think also because it's small pieces of puzzles that needs to fit together everything goes hand in hand like like take power rocks for example that's a good good example i can just imagine you reading <laughs> trying to lose weight reading like yeah power walk uh, on an empty stomach yeah. that will burn fat oh that was my favorite Of course, you're you're starving. You haven't been eating, and uh, body's going to tap from your fat cells, and you're going to use more fat. And the reason I say that it's a big confusion is because there's also more to it. Yeah. It's al- always more to it. It's like the fun thing is that this fact is a fact. This is a science scientific fact. If you're doing a fasted cardio, you will use more fat as fuel. Yeah, but Your body is smarter than you think. It's going to compensate and burn less fat. And in the end, the energy balance and stuff like that will matter. So my point is that it's a big confusion right now too because there's millions of, millions of information and people are always black and white. Yeah. And we need to have more of this gray zone, more educational. So when you say you read <laughs> a lot of things, did that actually make you like did you feel like you were knowing what you're doing or did you just get more confused 
um, well, it gave me a sense of control, and it also gave me a sense of control over other people because other yeah. people would tell me, "Oh, this is not healthy. What are you doing?" And I would just smack them with another science fact. <laughs> exactly. And um, they inside the vinegar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's that too. And many people wouldn't know what to say, and they would just back off, and I was free. It was my my way of pushing away people was by reading and telling them that I knew what I was doing. I obviously wasn't. Or I think that the 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 most important thing here is intention. What is your intention with reading all this stuff? Exactly If for it, pushing people away or learning for your own good. Exactly. Yeah. So if I was reading all this stuff just to like incorporate a healthier lifestyle in my daily life, then that's great. But when you're reading all of these things in order to push people away or to lose fat that you don't need to lose um or lose weight that yeah. you you can't afford to lose because your body is shutting down i mean obviously that's really awful but to answer your question yeah no in the beginning people were just cheering me on they um i don't think anyone noticed and then during during like the end of my anorexia before i became bulimic people were noticing and they were commenting on my body and my weight but by that time i had already started binging and purging which made me gain weight and that gave people a false sense of security because i was gaining weight and they saw that as a health sign but i was feeling worse than ever i mean that's not with your identification with yourself if you're gaining weight that's not good for you exactly in your head like yeah that obviously i mean i was gaining weight and i was horrified by it i was i was so disgusted by myself which makes me so sad that my body that was doing everything to keep me alive i I just wanted to i I was just waging this war against it and obviously i i I hated it for making me gain weight and also i i can't stress enough how horrible these diseases are because when you your 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 life ev- revolves around food yeah. whether it is to eat or not to eat but the thing is when you're starving you can't think of anything else no than food, what yeah. you would want to eat exactly. and when you eat the only thing i could think of was where can i go and throw up and i threw up so much that yeah, I so you told me seven times per day yeah that's that's crazy it's awful and it like it ruins your teeth it ruins your throat it it ruins your stomach i i burst so many capillaries in my face yeah. every time i would get like red little marks in my face because of the strain and yeah. the and the and eyes too right yeah under the eyes yeah. um that i had to like put makeup on every time i threw up yeah yeah that that's that's uh that's so true because it's i can't even relate to your situation but just by yeah dieting fitness and stuff like that it's it's really close to the behavior itself maybe maybe if you don't suffer from these kinds of diseases it's still the same mental behavior like people are always like restricting themselves so much and always thinking about how to eat what to not eat and like if it's a social event or anything like a dinner coming up and they're like oh i'm going to mess up with my diet and stuff like that Mm. maybe it's not in the same degree 
even if I know many people in the fitness industry, uh, industry or people that like trains and trying to just be healthier have these kinds of problems that you had, but but even if they don't have it, the mental mindset is quite the same. Like you, you like you are <laughs> feeling like you can't uh, participate yeah. in, in eating out or feeling anxious if you're eating something that you shouldn't eat. Maybe they don't throw up, but they can't sleep. Or yeah. maybe the day after trying to make an unhealthy s- uh, way of solving it. Yeah. Uh, like maybe your family uh, did. Uh, and yeah. So <laughs> I'm quite interesting. What happened now? Uh, when when you're... I, <laughs> I know we said it. You're in deep shit, but obviously you're in more deep shit. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get out of this because this is hard it it is and um i think you're right i think a lot of people can relate to those feelings even though they might not have bulimia or anorexia but it's i mean i i was so depressed and i i didn't know it because i was 19 i yeah. Uh, what is a depression? I I had no idea. I suffered from anxiety. I had no idea. I suffered from depression. I had no idea. I was suffering from anything. I kind of knew that I had bulimia, obviously, because I could read on the internet that if you do binge that, and yeah. purge, you have bulimia after a while. Uh, if you do it for can I stop you there? Did yeah. you believe that? Did you deny it? No, I didn't. I, you I understood that. I understood it. It was. Yeah. I think that I was really open to it because it has been. It, it has. It had been so close to me my entire life. Yeah. I think that an eating disorder had been so close to me because, because of the diet culture in my family, because yeah, of yeah. me being the odd one out with my friends. Not only was I bigger, I was also weird. I'm still weird, but I am today yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm but, but you have strong you have strong opinions and yeah. that's 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 great and like your yeah we we, <laughs> we made made jokes about this before like your you had eating disorders you have been doing this this you're also vegan yeah. and you're also what more what did you say oh you're god yeah I, I, my my favorite five things so i'm a feminist vegan who does crossfit i and i bike exactly. to work exactly. i mean i'm the worst person alive exactly you're you're, you're the one like everyone makes fun of yeah uh, i am that person uh, yeah but but the, but the funny thing is that th- the funny thing yeah the really funny thing is that the people following me thinks i'm against crossfit against not eating carbs against uh, like vegans especially yeah and so funny because you and your boyfriend is like one of my closest friends yeah. and people's like oh what the, well he has against vegans he's just talking shit about. i'm not talking shit about vegans <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm talking about the diet i'm telling you that you need to think more like yeah. you can confirm here it's harder to manage your the same protein intake from not eating meat to start eating a plant-based diet you have to think more i'm not saying it's impossible i'm saying it's harder if you're traveling you need to find restaurants that's like having these options yeah. <laughs> obviously uh, so, so i think this is so good because you have strong opinions but you are still this weirdo that <laughs> can like be open-minded to things uh, I try. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. L- let us go further to how 
to solve it maybe it's a bad thing to say because I think this is so individual yeah. from where it grows and stuff like that but for you because we need to have this disclaimer everything is based on you my experience yeah exactly yeah. I'm not telling anyone to do anything I am obviously yeah. not saying that eating disorders is a good thing it's the worst thing ever um, yeah. but the thing for me was I I felt all oh, right yeah we were talking about that I was 19 and I had no idea what I why I was feeling all these things I was open to the fact that I probably had an eating disorder because uh, eating disorders were ha- had been so close to me the entire yeah, time exactly um, but I remember waking up one day I was lying in my bed. I was waking up and I did not want to get out of bed because I could not stand people seeing me at the weight I was. Mind you, I yeah. was as average as you could be. I was crying. I was I was just I wanted You see something that's not true. Nothing was wrong with me uh, physically. No. Um and nothing <laughs> would physically have yeah <laughs> <laughs> to and, make that clear yes and nothing would have been wrong with me even if i was the way or exactly. looked the way i thought i would it it, it nothing nothing um yeah n- no one cares <laughs> not <laughs> only that but like even if i was fat even if i was really overweight i was i am st- that still makes you worthy it still exactly. makes you worthy of having a life it still makes you worthy of having an awesome time it makes you worthy of wearing great clothes it does not mean anything but no. the thing is that society pu- puts this pressure on you yeah. and it says it say it's uh, society is saying otherwise yeah. so and i obviously bought into this so much that even though i wasn't even one of the people that society is shaming so much i put it on me i with my body dysmorphia and i was just i just couldn't get out of bed and i was i was um um, I was studying at the time at yeah. Stockholm University and I had to get up. I had to go to school. I had to work. Yeah. I had to do all these things. Exactly. But I, I I, remember thinking that I I didn't actively want to take my life. No. But I remember that I was thinking if someone would run me over, I would just be so relieved. Yeah. That that was how low everything was. Yeah, that's the lowest. That, that Now it's really, really bad. Uh, like in this in this situation you really need isn't this like an emergency in my opinion it it was from the beginning but but now it's really emergency (laughs) yes you you really need help right now yes Uh, not tomorrow Uh, exactly uh, so how did you get that help um did you get help yes i I came after a couple of months after this waking up in my bed and just feeling like complete shit. I uh, made a conscious choice um, to seek treatment. And this was through uh, a friend or she became my friend. Um, she was a fitness instructor at Friskis and Svetis, <laughs> which was the first gym I uh, I became a member at. And she noticed that my behavior was weird. I was there a lot. I only went to spinning classes and I was like at every class. And she was like, dude, don't you have a life? Uh, why <laughs> exactly. are you here all the time? And she started speaking to me and asking me not what I was doing there. She was really smooth about it. And it turned out that she had had an eating disorder and she had been at a treatment center and she kind of introduced the idea to me. And I, of course, 
denied it uh, because as many people in, in the beginning yeah, this do is, this is, yeah this is really hard to to approach to i'm really interested in how she managed to approach to you because in my world it's really hard to try to help someone that's in this position it so is I mean, if that person isn't isn't there in that mindset of wanting to get help, you can't. You can't budge them. No. Um, but she approached me uh, many times, uh, and because I kept on going to her classes, and every time she asked me if I had considered going to this treatment center or if I had at least just written to them, because. Um, but did you? S- but. Did she like ask you even if you denied it? Did you did she continue to tell yeah. you to go there? Because I because I would like punch someone in the face, and s- if someone just continued to tell me to go seek help, <laughs> if I'm like I'm not I'm not I'm not in need of help. I don't need any help. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I told her this. I don't need help. I can do, I can I can fix this myself because I really believed it. I really believed believed that I could fix it myself. Yeah. And also, if I went into treatment, what the hell does that mean? Does that mean that I gain weight? Does that mean that I'm yeah, not in control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super scary. All of these things. I think that also the 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 thing that you have to um, remind yourself is that an eating disorder it's not superficial. It doesn't mean that you actually. I mean the w- the, the food and the weight itself. It's n- that's not the actual issue. It's no, just a exactly, cover up. Exactly. It, it's a cover up of your mental health and how you're feeling. It's a way to to. Um, regulate your anxiety if the, if that's what you have or yeah. in my case this this was how it was for me this was my experience yeah. I had super much anxiety I didn't know about it and I was using food to regulate to in, s- in any way just numb it and I was terrified of seeking treatment because if I if I have to have a normal behavior with food what what does that mean do I have to feel are my all my yeah, feelings you're losing control exactly and that also yeah but she was really smooth about it and i think that i had another type of respect for her because she had had an eating disorder herself and it was easier for you to listen maybe yeah she could she could speak to me in a way that i understood yeah. i mean we could in a weird way kind of just connect yeah, she knows <laughs> she knew yeah. i didn't have to explain things to her and she also she was smart because all of the things that the the biggest burden that I had then she would kind of tell me that yeah but in treatment you saw that yeah I mean she was smart about it and she didn't give up and I thank her for that no. I uh, it was um it, it's the reason why I I saw treatment and so how did it go then um I was in treatment for 14 months uh it was hell it sucked so much because you lose control you give all of this control to another person that <laughs> in your mind w- the only goal they have is for you to gain weight yeah exactly y- y- exactly that's the only fear you like in that's the only thing you're thinking about yeah y- you don't l- really think about getting in a healthier position you're just thinking about the identification with your body weight gain weight fat no skinny yeah <laughs> and like that's the only thing in your zone exactly yeah yeah i can i can't imagine <laughs> I, I was about to say yeah i can't imagine <laughs> i can't uh, but <laughs> yeah i understand it so did it help um it did i of course i mean 
there were so many things that were great with treatment as well because when I was there, they, they, they obviously, they were professionals. They knew what to say. They would come in and just say, you know what? You can tell that little voice in your head because it's a dark little voice in your head telling yeah. you that you're worthless. The, I think that you call it the inner critic. Yeah. It's telling you that you're worthless. It's telling you that if you gain weight, you're lazy. If you do this, you're that and all the yeah. all of these negative things. And they would tell you all the right things that, you know what? You can blame us. Tell that inner critic that it's not my fault if I gain weight or that I need to eat this. It's the treatment. And yeah. that really helped. Just like getting uh, a little vacation from your inner voices. It exactly. sounds super weird, but... No, but I totally understand. It's constantly talking to you since you were child. Yeah. So uh, it's like a devil. In, on your it shoulder. is. Yeah, yeah, I understand it. So... Uh, Like, I don't want to go too deep in the treatments. I know many people are like, yeah, some treatments are bad. This is a good, this way it was bad. This was, and I know you can always give critics to every methods yeah. of helping anybody. But what, if, if we just focus on the positive thing, yeah. what was it that helped you? in the treatment so we're just focusing on the right stuff yeah so for me uh, the treatment that i went through was uh, cognitive behavioral therapy um what they do is that they try to they just try to um change your behavior around food yeah. and they kind of set a new scene for you with food so that food doesn't always have these negative con connotations it's also yeah. positive and also that Uh, you don't go hungry so they set like a food um a food schedule for me and i ate every two to three hours so i would never be hungry i would never be super full and i so that i wouldn't binge yeah. but they were also super like open with if you binge do not worry it's fine that's really important and that's yeah. like uh referring to my business again and and uh, people not having these deep issues but like don't make any <laughs> don't do anything unhealthy or don't judge yourself for binging yeah it's like i'm binging right now in this time but i'm 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 in the healthy mindset i'm enjoying it yeah it's not like like i'm getting anxious but i have been but yeah. but yeah that's that's a really important thing to like not putting any worth in it uh, like you didn't fail exactly because you binged you, you it's like it happens and uh, it's more more about what you do after exactly uh, so i'm quite interesting actually what if you binge it's n it's no big deal blah 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 they're talking a lot but you're not stupid yeah so <laughs> so in your head you know it's in your mind it's 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 a bad thing that happened How did they handle this? Because you can't fool you. You're, you're, do you think? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, you're, I you're quite smart. Like if someone would say, t "Tell me," like it's no, it's no worries. I'm like, I yeah, it, it is. I just ate this much. Blah blah blah. I I have the facts. Yeah. How do they make you not be anxious about it? Or how do they teach you that? Um, I don't actually remember because I, I never binged during my treatment. I was, I think I was so starved and I was so set on being over with that crap that, um, that I don't know. 
I think the stars align for me. And with that said, I do not mean that anyone else that binged during treatment is not set on a goal. I'm not saying that at, at all. I, I just don't know. I, I think uh, I think I was just so so relieved of getting help and 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 someone else like yeah. taking over control that maybe you were open to it maybe i th- yeah like i was open to some some of it the problem is for me um i have other people that have gone i have other friends that have gone the exactly the same treatment and they they're totally fine i mean they're like healthy today and i was also declared healthy after w- almost one and a half years um but the thing is i was open to the behavioral change but i was not open to the mental change because i was super set in that this was only superficial for me i was set in that my eating disorder only had to do with me wanting to look a certain way and i was not open to understanding that that might not be the thing um so cognitive so it's so so for you it's or i think it's for everybody in general um the self esteem the how you see yourself yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have anything with to to do with food in general it's how you look at yourself uh it's like that's the undergoing problem how you like see yourself identify identifying yourself with numbers and uh, certain looks and being enough yeah uh so was that the biggest challenge for you and as i if uh, correct me if i'm wrong i'm i'm understanding you like you under you 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 got taught how to like change your behavior through food but not how to identify yourself with worth exactly yeah they didn't really um they didn't really dig deep in the psychological sense of it all so I was there. I changed my behavior around food, and it worked. My behavior around food changed, and I was healthier. And I wasn't getting as anxious with eating a hamburger or an ice cream yeah. or whatever. But I was still guarded because I was always afra- afraid of the binge. And I think that I, I didn't really understand why I was so guarded or why my my relationship with food was so weird. Yeah. Still, even though I. I mean, I think other people saw me as normal for the first time in a really long time. Um, But yeah, as you say, I think that what you don't maybe think of many times with an eating disorder is that it's it's just a gateway. It's just a gateway. It's a gateway. It's (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, and a getaway, actually, because it's just a way to um, cover up other feelings that are worse. And what can be worse than an eating disorder? you might think but oh yeah there are because if i don't have to worry about what i when i eat my food what i eat yeah. when i need to work out if i don't have something distracting me from what i'm really feeling then i have to i have to solve whatever the underlying issue is so i think that for many years i was actually afraid to yeah. let that last part of my eating disorder go because yeah. you're uh, you also kind of identify with your eating disorder who am i without yeah, yeah, this yeah. person criticizing me or who am i with this p- without this person holding me back because yeah, when the real salvation is to be quiet exactly yeah and uh, just not put any value in anything and just this is food 
Yes, exactly. And uh, this is not anything that's making me more or less worth. Exactly. Uh, exactly like we haven't been talking about weighing yourself, but I just imagine that that's that was a big problem. Yeah. I just assumed that uh, it was a big problem, and it it's probably the same thing that you're not weighing yourself to know your gra- current gravity <laughs> for yeah. a competition or exactly. for a like a tracking tool for a purpose of a goal setting you're maybe weighing yourself to know if you're good enough or not exactly yeah, yeah. and um, so how do you now when when it's been a lot of years uh <laughs> you're old now <laughs> so oh god i'm 30 <laughs> yeah exactly so now how do you handle like m- nights out today how do you handle like more calorie f- dense food or calorie dense food how do you handle a more enjoyable meal today like a sheet meal that i hate to say but uh, but yeah, yeah. How, how do I you handle this yeah exactly how do you like um, feel about it today well to answer that question david i'm gonna take you back a couple of years yeah. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> um actually uh two years ago i had a relapse a yeah. quite big one i i started binge eating again i started compensating by not eating so i was like fasting one day binge eating another and i was just in this complete tor- turmoil and it was it was horrible and i didn't understand why but something happened in my life and i started feel i i i, ha- I got a lot of anxiety back uh, or i would say that a lot of anxiety grew in me and my go-to thing was regulating food because that's the way i handle my anxiety i don't handle it i just i just throw my problems through at food i eat my emotions and um i had a really tough time but that tough time made me realize that i had so much deeper underlying problems that i needed to take that i needed to deal with so I this is quite interesting uh, like maybe we're coming to the real source yeah of the problem yeah uh, like what's what was that um I was actually in therapy at the time yeah and I I went to therapy quite a lot due to some uh, personal and family issues yeah. and during therapy my relationship with food changed again I had been healthy or or eating disorder free, I would say, to like 95% or 90%. Uh and I started having issues again with food and I it was it was so confusing to me, but obviously it was because I was I was for the first time in my life, I was in therapy in a sense that uh, where I just handled like all my emotional crap and because I was feeling uneasy and I was depressed and I was just yeah. everything was just crap. I started mixing with my food again and I had a major relapse and um I underst- and I I to get out of this relapse I tried to find like I, I tried to self treat because I didn't want to go into treatment again um because that obviously makes you a failure if you have to go to treatment twice for exactly. the same thing. That's the most stupid thing, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. super stupid, but I found a lot of thing uh, regarding emotional eating. Yeah. And I started reading about that and I really f- felt that it hit home. And what I what I read was that 
whenever I or what I understood was whenever I had anxiety and a lot of it, I would confuse it with hunger. So I would think that I was hungry. And I kind of like started digging deeper in that and understood that, okay, um, I need to really solve these underlying issues because otherwise I will never have a healthy relationship with food. It is now it has, of course, it has with my behavior to do, but it mostly has to do with whatever is up in my head. And and this is this is quite I'm just trying to to understand this because this is things that have been going on in my mind a lot of a lot of the times when I'm talking about like calories counting calories uh, tracking your calories workouts weights and stuff like that and there's a lot of hate going on in that uh, in that preaching Uh, like and it looks like people trying to make having control of your calories or knowing what you're eating or tracking your calories will get you to get eating disorders and in my head i'm like when i'm just talking to you and with my experience with clients and myself and stuff like that it's like this doesn't grow from counting calories (laughs) this grows from something much more deeper yeah Uh, it's like an addictive behavior that could if, if you are in that state of an addictive behavior in, in th- and this is, could be anything in life then maybe counting calories isn't for you uh, it's a trigger yeah it's it could be a trigger exactly but that doesn't mean that counting calories will get you eating disorders do you understand how I yeah there there's because a in your story it's like so much things from it grew from your young from yeah. that from uh, imitating parents and uh, like uh, uh, putting your worth in numbers or shapes or forms and uh, starting to get uh, like reading about how to solve this problem this is bad this is good this is food groups is bad this is and in my opinion it's like people are like it's okay to be afraid of carbs. It's okay of being afraid of fruits because it's fructose. <laughs> it's okay of being addicted to doing fasted cardio because if you do that, that's wrong. Or doing these details. All of this also is okay, but having control of your intake makes you addictive. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, I, I, I don't want to say that I have a lot of knowledge of what what is okay and what is not okay i just know that for me it was like a really big trigger to track my calories and of course no tracking your calories is not directly it might have a correlation but it's not uh, does it grow from it but maybe it doesn't have causation uh so i think that uh, to say it like this if you put another person uh, just an entirely different person and put them in my life from when i was tiny they you just changed me with someone else they might never have gotten eating disorders because they their mind was set another way they just didn't care about uh, food or not food and that their parents were dieting and whatever i'm not saying that like yes um all of these things in my life they probably triggered me and pushed me towards eating disorders but that's not true for everyone i mean there might be people living in much um 
eating disorder prone scenarios that don't think about food at all that exactly. have a really healthy yeah. relationship with food so i think that we i think we need to separate what 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 is triggering to some people because of um i don't know so many things might not be triggering to other people exactly. but i just think that we need to speak open-mindedly about this so that we can kind of just yeah like like no one's forcing <laughs> exactly uh, and also more like this is ba- this is uh, maybe tracking calories because this is quite interesting because tracking calories is a big debate uh, around uh, like eating disorder mm. health men- mental health community thing and maybe no one maybe or maybe someone wants to track their calories forever but if you're i'm not a big believer that you will, will do it forever i'm a big believer for it being educational yeah only and learning stuff so you understand that ah fruit is okay oh shit maybe this portion portion controls and stuff like that and knowing what you're d- knowing what uh, like you educate educate yourself about yeah. what food contains and what it doesn't contain and how to balance that out and understand what makes you perform better or less so uh, yeah and all of that but there is a transition yeah to, s- to th- the question is more can you stop tracking your calories uh, if not then you maybe have been like growing an addictive behavior yeah through it and then it's not helping you it's like we talked about before about you reading stuff mm. the scientific stuff as it's not for helping you you're doing it to push people away or to like make your thing right exactly. uh, so it depends <laughs> like it always depends but yeah I, I think it has to do with intention like what is your intention with tracking calories what is your intention yeah, exactly. with reading all these things because there is no one size fit all or I don't believe there is I don't believe that there is one great 100% treatment 100% no there isn't 100% no yeah you have to see the individual of yeah, course exactly and I think that's what makes everything so tricky because I mean um, Th- you have to like see the what's the purpose with doing this what's, what's yeah. the intention yeah I, I totally agree with that and like I said for some people exactly like you said about some people in your situation may may not been having any eating disorders even yeah. if they have even worse situations than yeah. you had and exactly like for me I don't some people maybe don't feel anything all this like I'm tracking my calories every day I have no problem with that I'm bringing my scale with me to the airport yeah <laughs> uh, who cares like, uh, I don't uh, care yeah, it, as long as you're happy <laughs> like exactly I think if you take that person who brings their scale to the airport and then if you put them in a scenario where what happens if you if you lose your scale and you won't be able yeah, to weigh your food question. and they're like I don't know I don't whatever i'll just solve yeah. it another way yeah. i think that person fine keep on doing it but if you have the person like me that would probably like freak have out. freak the hell out have a total fit yeah. try to find places on my phone where i can buy a new scale i mean just don't do it keep yourself yeah. out of it yeah. and i think that is what makes everything so complex because if you have this um exactly yeah, i totally agree with you it's have to be in right context like what's yeah. the intention what's the purpose why are you doing it because every time i'm trying to preach you're not in a calorie deficit that's why you're not losing weight yeah. keep track of your calories it's because it's educational yeah it's because you know what to do you you, you get the 
like realization okay i'm not eating i'm not eating a calorie deficit maybe to lose weight or maybe ah i need to understand what food contains in terms of calories but i would sum this up like what's the intention with it yeah is it because you want to educate yourself maybe reach some certain goals but the question is always are you addicted to it i also think that we need to start thinking about what we say and how we say it so that we include everyone and kind of have respect for everyone and i know that people are averse to this because oh i can't speak with as we were talking about earlier today but i can't we you can't speak with a disclaimer every time you say something and no you can't but in some way i think that we need to change the ways that we speak and the way we think about certain things because we're getting more aware and we're getting more aware that people are hurting and people are feeling really bad and people that shouldn't even feel bad feel feel horrible about the bodies they live in just because society say that they're wrong just like the fact that we um, that many people say oh i feel so fat today and you know fat is not a feeling um what you might want to say is i feel unworthy I feel, I don't feel attractive. I feel lazy. And those connotations are so unfair to connect with the word fat because fat means nothing else than, it's nothing else than a description of a body. Just as you say, oh, I feel skinny today. You might want to say, what you might feel is I feel attractive. I feel productive. I feel whatever. And that's also so weird that we have that connection to a body type. I mean, that has being productive has nothing to do with if you're skinny or fat. And I think that we need to think of those things when we speak because you're hurting people and you might not even, you might not want to, but you do. Exactly. And And yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually agree with you so much there because i've also changed the way i speak even if i'm quite much talking facts and been sticking to that <laughs> like being really like a stone for that like now uh, this is fact i don't care so but i've also changed but anyway i've changed the way i speak about calories for example so before i could be like you should you should track your calories because you know if you're a calorie deficit or not because that was a hallelujah moment for me like mm. this is how you do it why do you guess so much i get got like angry at people like why do you guess just track it and you see if you're in calorie deficit or not stop with this bullshit thing cutting off carbs and stuff like that track your calories and that was so obvious for me but now i'm more like you don't need to track your calories but if you always fail you might want to look at it mm. it's like you don't need to check your bank account. But if you're always <laughs> in debt, then you might want to check your economy. Uh, or you don't need to check your speed limit when you're driving a car. But if you're always getting a ticket, you might want to check that. So for me, it's like calories. You don't need to track your calories, but calories do matter. That's <laughs> that's a good summary of yeah. the calorie thing. and the addicted thing and how we look at stuff so i think that's yeah this is really 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 good intentions and good like feedback for you like looking at things in a neutrality way and 
knowing the intentions of what and why you're doing the things you're doing are you tracking your calories to educate yourself or are you doing it to push people away or are you doing it to restrict restrict yeah exactly or is it just a, a like like a time that you're educating yourself and then transition to a yeah i got it i understand now how it works and now letting it go but exactly like you say it always depends like you can't you can't blame the calories you can't blame the you understand how i'm yeah yeah so so it's always yeah it depends like always (laughs) this is it does and uh you asked me like (laughs) a hundred hours ago how how i deal with eating today and how how i deal with eating a big meal out with my friends and it totally depends it totally depends on my mental health and it makes it so clear to me that the eating disorders are just a way for me to um, control my my unwanted emotions so when I'm having uh, I go through phases and when I'm having a low anxiety phase then the food is not an issue I feel in control, I feel my hunger cues, I feel my fullness cues, I I eat an ice cream when I want to and I feel full and sat- satisfied with that ice cream. I don't mind um, splurging with my friends at all and then cut to me being in a stressful state where my anxiety yeah. is high. I, I, I wouldn't say that I binge anymore, um, not the way I did before, absolutely not. But I I do tend to overeat when I'm anxious. And that's that's like hundred percent normal in my world. I think so. I think so. But I think that uh, the reason why I overeat yeah. is not my. I wouldn't say if it's normal or, or not. But I feel um, in my the way I feel is that I feel that it's problematic. Yeah. Um. Because I I confuse my hunger cues with anxiety so i think that i'm hungry or i tell myself that i'm hungry so that i have something to do and so i feel better with food um so it totally depends but i i really do have more good periods than bad even though when you're in a bad period which i actually was in when this this quarantine started it was horrible for me because i was at home it's challenging you it's really challenging me. It's challenging my anxiety. It's challenging me in every way. And the first two weeks were horrible. And I I ate more than I wanted to. I felt out of control. And uh, even though I didn't binge, I just didn't feel like I was eating in a way that I wanted to. So I had to sit myself down. I had to really just figure the hell out what was happening. And I wrote in my journal and I wrote all of these horrible feelings that I were feeling, uh, that I was feeling. And I felt super, super sad. And then I felt better. That's really good. And you're like uh, talking to yourself and like being honest with yourself that's really good and i think this quarantine thing with this corona shit is like could be a good time to start reflecting because it forces you to stay more tuned with yourself yeah. uh, so um some you can't like 
be distracted as much if you're home exactly. all the time. So you need to like tune into yourself more. Yeah. And I think this time could be really good for people taking this time to actually shame, change some behavior, maybe improving their mental health more than aiming for the best workout. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I yeah. think this time is so important because of course I will give people the best workout for their goals, but I think that this time is more important to tune into yourself and improve your mental health because you will yeah. be forced to uh, now we in Sweden we have more luckily <laughs> yeah. we can still go out, go to the gym and stuff like that. We're not in a lockdown, but if you are, then this is a good time for you to actually tune into yourself start to like see are you really like honest with yourself are you tuned in with yourself or are you just distracted all the time so i think that's um i know that's why i struggled because all of the distractions just went away and it was just me and my feelings and it was awful but i think that the most important thing is to not be so hard on yourself yeah that it's okay many people are probably feeling the same way you're not alone in it yeah. and it is okay to 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 be bored it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel all of these feelings and i think that many uh, or i know that i'm often ashamed i'm ashamed that yeah, i don't yeah. have this perfect life i'm ashamed that i suffer from anxiety um i am ashamed that i worry about my food intake from time to time when there is a corona crisis out there and people are dying i mean does that make me the most selfish person in the world and i think it's i mean it's hard for everyone and when you have underlying emotions just taking over it makes it even harder and sometimes it's just a way for you to process whatever is happening out there and i think that perhaps or at least for me i think that just being nice and friendly to yourself and talking to yourself in a way that you would soothe a best friend instead of being a total asshole to yourself is a good way to go exactly and yeah talking good to yourself is always like number one thing to m- to like not manipulate yourself not being good enough like that's so powerful talking good to yourself is so powerful and I had my like intention of asking you what's the best advice <laughs> for people having similar issues whether there is a deeper issue or not even if it's a lighter issue or anxious or whatever and this was a really good <laughs> summary of it like a good tip because you can't we can't take everything now but would do you have any more really good tip for anybody in this situation if they're really struggling maybe not having the courage to take help or just struggling in general do you have anything you would want to share yeah uh sure and i mean these these things are just these are things that work for me i'm not a professional in any way but i think that the first thing is seek help and in sweden we're kind of privileged in the sense that we have the county council i think that it's called but like we we can go through the government otherwise online communities online help just just try to seek help just try to find someone that can understand you i think that does a lot and can help you with your issues other than that 
just another really powerful thing that I that changed a lot for me was feeling your feelings sit down and if you're having a lot of anxiety or you're really angry or you're super sad don't do anything about it just sit down and feel it um but Uh, that's so hard yeah that's like meditation i think i remember when i started to meditate it was like i couldn't like focus on my breathing for two seconds and it's like that actually made me think okay i need to this is a problem i thought this is like if i'm not being able to tune into myself for like 30 seconds then probably my mind has taken over so that helped me a lot too to just try to tune into yourself more and uh, yeah that's that's a really good tip (laughs) and and i think that's the like source to being able to have a mental good mental health it starts with you so is it anything more you want to say that's uh my last words um before you die before I <laughs> before i die yeah. Uh, i yeah i i think that i just want to say be be kind to yourself be kind to other people think of what you say um don't use body types as something derogatory or something positive just don't comment on other people's bodies don't just be nice be nice that's don't be an ass <laughs> don't be an asshole <laughs> yeah so thank you so much martina for being here and just sharing your experience and your tips and i'm super grateful for that and i think many people will actually benefit from this and yeah this was it it was a long <laughs> episode but i think that was a really good one and worth listening to thank you so much and see you next time peace bye bye